You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast. With your hosts, Eddie and Matt. All right, that about wraps up the show for today. Exactly. Thank you for tuning in. Good to hear from y'all, you know. So what have you been up to lately, Matt? About six one, six two. Depends on, you know, the day of the week, I guess. No, I just got back from Dallas, and boy, are my arms tired. Well, I heard you haven't been feeling good lately. I've been a little under the weather, which is always a good time for us to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I haven't slept for 10 days. Uh, 10 days. Because that would be too long. Exactly. See, there you go. Now you get to do one for the video cast. Ah, you're killing Shaking me. Shaking his head in disappointment and disgrace. <sighs> All right. I'm still getting youths. To your smooth scalp here. I hear you. I hear you. Who loves you, baby? For anyone that's over <laughs> 55 that can get that reference. <laughs> yeah, I said that at work and all the 20 and 30-somethings were like, huh? I'm like, ugh. Every time he makes a Kojak reference, take yeah. your shot of Geritol. <laughs> <laughs> Telesavalas. Anyway. Too funny. And don't forget to follow up with your proctologist because it's time for that exam. Yeah, if you got that reference, you need to go have your prostate checked, especially the ladies. <sighs> well, you know what we always start this with is the long con. The longest of cons. I have nothing to say about long con November. What about you? It's awesome. It's coming soon. I can't wait. Badges will probably go up on sale shortly after NTRPG. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking for your next con, mm -hmm. you can go straight over to us. Mm -hmm. And who knows? We might have to like slip uh, some sort of discount or something, you know, I don't know, crazy. But yeah, I was going to say what's cool was talking about the long con. We've had friends of ours go to other cons and they're repping us. They're wearing our shirts and I really appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah. Alan, if you're listening to the cast, thank you for wearing our shirt yeah. over at Falls Con. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we had a, a buddy of mine was going to Gary Con and let me know he's going to be wearing our shirt there. So that's cool. But yeah, excited about November spring, which was, it's just not really a con as much as a, it's a game day. It's a game day, you know, but it's, that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And we've done really great sales on that. I think we could have done a lot more if we, if we wanted to do a spring con for yeah. some bizarre reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, anyway, that's enough about long con, I suppose. But yeah, as always, we're excited and spring's going to be fun. I'm hoping to see a few more games put in for Sunday. We'll see. But yeah, that's enough about long con. It's never enough. Right, Never right. enough. There'll be some fantastic games. Mm -hmm. But uh, not about long time, but talking about cons. Cons! That's right. Um, is, is, you know, you hear, we heard about a con here in Texas that had some hardships. And we can empathize. Because as y'all know, if you're the true believers, you've heard our episode where, you oh, know, yeah. the long con was going to be no more. We thought we were done for. And it's a shame when these venues, you know, pull the rug out from money at the last minute and stuff and you know that you've you've been good to them or something yeah i think they said their rate got raised four times as well yeah and it's like and it's like one thing to double but to quadruple that's the don't come back rates. yeah but anyway just our heart goes out to them because you know they some of us 
you know, smaller cons, it's, it's tough when, you know, these venues and that's what people don't get it when they go, well, you charge whatever amount it's like, well, because you know, we, you know, we have to pay to have our con at, at a nice venue, you know, and uh, I wish we didn't, if it was free for us, it'd be free for y'all and we could, you know, pass along. But uh, one thing we're proud of is we've kept our rate down. We're charging the same thing we've been charging since day one. And I'm not throwing stones at any of the cons that have had to raise their rates again these hotels they raise their rates they have to raise the rate of a of a badge at the con so anyway as long as you feel like you're getting what you paid for yeah i think is what it really comes down to i think our con's a good deal i mean it's it, you know a fantastic deal because we're adding on a day without changing the price at all yeah I mean, we've had special guests and all kind of stuff and and we're constantly innovating last year what was it we had our fun um scavenger hunt and you got a prize and those prizes were those were freebies i mean that was you know so and they were nice mm -hmm. giveaways so that everyone had a lot of fun i thought the other day that was great everyone really enjoyed the scavenger hunt um and i'm tickled i didn't get kicked once so i was happy because it was twice yeah yeah it was twice yeah right in the taint anyway all right for those of our listeners who tune in just specifically to hear this, here's your barbecue talk for today. Uh -huh. You want to tell that story, Matt? Not at all. Good. I would love to tell that. <laughs> so Matt messages me today mm -hmm. and says, I'll be over at 1045. I was like, that's odd. Okay. So he actually shows up on time, which is a rarity for Matt. Uh, yeah, whatever. And when he gets here and he's like, well, we're going to drive 40, 45 minutes uh -huh. to this really good barbecue place. Because it's that good. The barbecue's good. Riverport. Yeah, it's good stuff. So about the time we pull into town, I'm like, you know, my wife works over here. I should tell her we're going to the restaurant. And I said, yeah, but she's going to tell me, you know, they're closed on Mondays, right? We're recording this one on Monday. Uh -huh. So then we turned around and drove our 40 minutes back mm -hmm. and had a burger at the local place here in Longview at the juicy, juicy burger. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at your juicy taco cup from this direction threw me off for a moment. Yeah, but it's, it's juicy hamburgers on one side and so they can double use it. Oh, of course. It makes course. sense to me. Yeah, it's clever, but have a sip for, for the working man out there. That's right. That's right. But that was the funny barbecue. Yeah. There was going to be barbecue talk and then we wasted an hour and a half. But you know what? Drive. We talked the whole ride and we had a great time and caught up because I was in Dallas just last weekend. Eddie went to Falls Con. So we had we had to catch up. And it's cuz how many times have we did a, our podcast and after we turn hit the off button, we'll sit there and talk for the next hour about stuff we couldn't or wouldn't talk about on the podcast. So That's that, because we like to keep this PG-13. That's always been my rule of thumb, PG-13. This one's R. It's totally it? R. It's a hard yeah. R. Kind of like a pirate, you know, R. All right. But they really just love the C. So speaking of PG ratings, <laughs> did you see in our uh, popular Facebook group, the No Class Podcast Facebook group, mm -hmm. somebody said that we got a shout out, a call out from this old dungeon. We did. This our buddy Larry put that on there. Cool. Well, you know we love uh, uh, Barsh and Lou, and uh, I've not had the opportunity to spend a lot of time around. Is it Nagy? Yeah, Edwin. Yeah, Edwin. But we, he and I, faced off against each other 
in uh, Gladiator Combat at North Texas last year, and he was a lot of fun to game with, and it was very affable. It wasn't at all like, yeah, I got you, buddy, or, you know, whatever. And uh, and, and definitely when I was on uh, this whole dungeon, he was cool. He had s- some great input, and it was fun to interact with him. So You know their most popular episode in their top three most popular episodes is still me. Really? So I am glad that I could throw them a bone like that and help them increase their listens. Ah. But anyway, we got a uh, call out shout out because they were talking about going over an hour uh-huh. and how we don't really do that. Uh-huh. And uh, so it was like, how do you guys respond to that or whatever? And I was like, well, I would say it's quality over quantity. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. But they were talking about like, uh, you know, if I'm on a drive or something like that and I have a two hour ride, I'm like, then just listen to more than one episode. Yeah. Well, and that's what I find funny is through the years we've tried to kind of put our finger on the pulse and we've had just as many people go, wrap it up. You guys are a little long. If it just means people go, man, why are y'all so brief? And we're like, we're, we'll look down and go, oh, we were an hour and 15. God, how did we go so long? And some people are like, I wish you'd go longer. And it's like, well, so I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, ha, ha. But anyway, Zing, pal. You're so funny. So yeah. I actually had to go through, and I don't listen to podcasts myself, especially RPG podcasts that much. Mm-hmm. As much as I love those guys, and as much yeah. as I like to listen to my episode over and over, mm. just because I don't want it to be you're doing the exact same topic that they just did, or you're spouting the exact same opinion. Cause sometimes you can't help but absorb some of that stuff. Exactly. So if you're not, uh, uh exposed to it, but I did listen to their podcast. Mm-hmm. It's uh, episode number 30. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is our episode number 80. Wow. So get on our level guys. Yeah. <laughs> Catch up. We'll see if they were shorter, they could do more of <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. They've probably got a 110 <laughs> if they would cut them down in half or something. Yeah. yeah. But, so that's, we were talking about that, but listening to theirs, they also had a question. They had, you know, they've got their mailbag segment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked them, uh, how would you cook a dwarf? And then, uh, Bill had said, you know, we try to keep this PG 13. I don't want to go into stuff like that. And I was like, you know, if you ask that question to us, mm-hmm. that'll be in the barbecue, that'd be in barbecue <laughs> talk section. Exactly. Be like that dwarf was delicious. Barbecue cooked in dwarf. the smoker. <laughs> Slow roast the dwarf. Yep. Yeah. You 18 know. hours. Uh, the rump. At about mm. 250. <laughs> rump roast. Uh, it's too funny. Yeah. So what would be a great dwarf recipe for you, do you think? Well, you got to figure who, who would really enjoy a good, well-cooked dwarf. So, okay. So who are you cooking this for? You figure you'd be cooking for what, orcs or something? Okay. Or here's the thing is, how many times, like, you figure who ran the draft? The- oh, what about giants? Oh, yeah. That would be a good one, there, too. There's a big animosity. But you'd figure those would almost be like like little, like, well, fun it's like Gargamel trying to catch the Smurfs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, apparently they're so delicious, but yeah, you'd, that you'd to, want to catch all these dwarves and you'd, you'd figure you have to eat see, half a dozen to get like a belly full. But that's where it's like a pie. Uh, okay, if you're cooking for giants, uh-huh. if you're cooking for all you people out there, this is going to be our new our new show that we're going to run with cooking for monsters. <laughs> cooking for monsters. So it'll be the DMG monsters and Bill Barsh <laughs> that these, these recipes are specifically for. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Bill. <laughs> but yeah, I would say if you're cooking uh, for giants, 
Yeah. Then bake them up like a pie. Pie. I like that. Where it's just like, what was it? The blackbird pie or whatever, where it's like 21 birds baked in a pie. Well, are you remember in a legend, uh, when they cut that one pie open, it had that little goblin in it or the fairy folk or whatever he was supposed to be. The little guy, you know, my goose is cooked, but that's going to say probably like a dragon. You figure drag smog ran the dwarves out of their home. You figure they would just be like flash fried or whatever. Oh, dude. Dragon breath. Popcorn shrimp dwarf. Exactly. That's probably what smog had was, you know. I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> These guys really dropped the ball on this one. Because if it's a dragon, it's like popcorn shrimp. Yeah, pretty something much. Something like that. Or, popcorn or dragon. Fried popcorn crawfish dwarf. tails. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And then for a giant, you're making a pie. Uh-huh. For orcs. A skewered, like on a, on a spit. But I'm also thinking like a perpetual stew. That's true. Where you just throw some more dwarf meat off in there. Yeah, exactly. And I would think for the dwarfs that you'd want to put, it would like ale soaked or something. You'd want to incorporate well, that well, dwarven ale well, in there. Where they're per- basically permeated with ale, so, you know. But like, like that Jack Daniels glaze, <laughs> that dwarven spirit glaze. Well, yeah, I love it. I love it. See, isn't this a gold mine? <laughs> and they just they just pushed it off. Cause it, it's what, What's the song by the rapper where... They dropped that trash on the side of the road, and we rode along and scooped it up. Yep. You know, that's right. <clears throat> anyway, it's too funny. So now uh, you guys know. That's how you cook the dwarves. Yeah. So if you have any more questions about cooking uh, demi-humans, just, just shoot that to us. Hey, I may have to put that into the Horde Call Crawl Classics. Absolutely. That might be a recipe book in the back of that. You yeah, never know. Yeah, or, yeah, I like that. Or even, like, there could be some sort of a subclass of, like, the work, like the, you know, the, the cook. The All chef. your characters lately have been lowly cooks. So exactly, just a lowly cook. Yeah, and that, with that, that there's, there's kind of a, a funny aside. I don't know where I got that from. I think I do, actually. I think in Oriental Adventures, if you play, like, the rogue in that, basically they tell you, like, you don't, you're not a rogue. Like, you basically pick some other class or general profession, and then and that's what you tell people. Like, when they go, hey, what are you doing? You go, like, oh, I'm a cook. Or I'm just a, some baggage handler or whatever. Because no one would look somebody now and go, I'm a thief. Because you'd be like, you'd have your money on your pouch. And they, when you're there, they couldn't sleep at night. They'd be watching you. Like, you're going to steal my stuff. You're a rogue. Or I don't trust that guy. He even says he's a rogue. It's like, no, no one would go, I'm a thief. I'm a rogue. You'd go, I'm a scout. Or, you know, I'll, I'll be the, the, this, the group's cook or something. But then, conveniently enough, hey, we, that, that door was locked over, but the cook went up there. Now it's unlocked. Ah, I just kind of twist the knob a couple of times. Y'all didn't try it hard enough. I mean, but so that's the one of my funny little quirks is the rare instance I play a rogue. They're not a rogue. They're a cook or something, you know, whatever. They're not a rogue, you know. Anyway, ha ha. All right. Let's get into our main categories here. Sure. Do you have some books and movies for us? Or books and comic books, my bad. Um, I started reading a post-apocalyptic book, and uh, damn it, it's difficult. My allergies have got me so addled, but it's called... Well, like, let's take advantage of that, folks. I think it's like Ridley Walker, I think. But it was this book that I love. If you're reading it, it talks about this is the Tom Sawyer of our time. This is an epic. This will, you know, sure to be a blockbuster movie or something in five years or something. And it's like most of you out there are like, huh, Ridley Wood? Who? Yeah. And But it's just too funny to see, like, how the praise on the, the dust cover of this book. And honestly, if you run in the post-APOC 
circles and you'll see this book mentioned periodically like have you read Ridley, you know, Ridley Walker so I thought well I should get my hands on it so I got it and started reading it but at the time I was so I'm kind of half rum with my allergies and it's all in this sort of post-apoc speak Oh, it's written, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that can be painful. Exactly. So I mean, on a good day, I'd be fine. But me trying to sit here and mentally fill in the blanks of what he's trying to say, and also it's a with a with a because it takes place in uh, post apoc Great Britain. So you get this kind of a you know Cockney Cockney plus post apoc, and it's literally phonetically written like that. Oh my god! So I'm having to sound it out like phonetically, but then also with a Cockney accent for it to make sense. You know? Yeah, that comic The Crossed when they're in the future is like that too, where you're like. Just some of that was hard to figure out. You mm-hmm. kind of got to learn it, and then you're like, okay, now that I've deciphered the language, I have more of an, I can get more of an appreciation. But yeah. you got to want it, baby. Oh yeah, but the, so far, the little bit I've got into it, it is intriguing. It's interesting, but I've just started it. Anyway, so that's books for me. Books, comic books for you. I got comic books. I think I've already mentioned the anime of Claymore. Oh yeah. So that was a good one where they're out hunting demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently there is an ant or a, a comic book of that too, a manga. Oh. And so far it's following along with the anime. So I can't go like, Oh, it's so much better, but I'm hoping as I get further in, I'll, you get that kind of bonus stuff now that you're reading the book form. Mm-hmm. But so far I can recommend both of those to you. Okay, cool. Uh, TV, TV wonder. Okay. So on a goof on one of my Facebook groups, I'm in, someone was talking about those Conan, that Conan TV show that came out in the late 90s, they were like, it's free on Tubi. So I thought, what do you got to lose? It's free. So I went and watched the first episode. And those these episodes are an hour long. But you got to figure, this is around the same time when it, like, Xena and Hercules were hot shit. I think whoever did this was trying to cash in on that. And so they're not great by any stretch of the imagination. But for free on Tubi, man, your mileage may vary. And this, I mean, Conan was normally sort of dour and you know, barbaric and cut you in half and you know, whatever. And if you watch this, it's Rolf Mueller, who was Mr. Universe twice in a row. Him and Arnie were good buds. They cast him in this and he's got the physicality for it. And he's got that, you know, if you like that, you're Conan to have a Austrian Austrian German accent, you got it covered, but he's a, he's a sweetie pie Conan, Hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, his character's this sweetheart who's, fighting for the common man and so it's this this paladin is, conan yeah so this isn't like your traditional true to howard's writing kind of a conan he's he's because they wanted to be likable he's and a do-gooder he's the hero yeah so he's a do-gooder you know hmm. he, he talks it like oh leave me alone or i'm stoic or something but in the end of the day i mean he bands with the other adventurers and he's got this little click i think again taking shades of hercules you know where these odd characters that drift in and out like the prince of thieves you know is there for a few episodes and and there's some girl that he's infatuated with that gets captured by the enemy evil wizard early on and he's trying to get her back or something so anyway, um, but like I said, for a freebie on Tubi, check it out. We watch a couple episodes. What's funny was Mickey Rooney was in the first one, and he had had been old as dirt. Old then. Yeah, and I'm figuring it's probably the last thing he acted in. No, he didn't die until 2014, and this was 1997. So no, this wasn't even one of, and he looked old as dirt in this. You know, I mean, but they they had him as like the village elder, and it's hilarious because it's old Mickey Rooney, you know. <laughs> 
And you were like, okay. But I love they were like, we need some star power in this. Who, who can we get for our first Conan episode? For cheap. For cheap. We can get Mickey Rooney cheap, you know. So, yeah, it's so Mickey. But he's actually a likable. So, kids, if you know who that is, yeah, again, go ahead and take another one of those exactly. Geritol shots. Take another shot of Geritol if you know who Mickey Rooney is. But anyway, yeah. So, that's for as far as TV. That's the TV we've watched. And I'll, and I'll say this. It's like TV slash movies. We had started to watch Conan, uh, uh, Star Trek The Wrath of Khan. And, then I told, and I told Heather, I said, did you ever see the episode this is based off of? She goes, no. I said, stop. Space Seed? So we went back and watched you know, the original episode in season, what is it, one or two with Khan, Khan Noonien Singh. And it's actually pretty good. And it's mm, got old yeah. Ricardo Montalban, you know, and he played the part great. So then having seen that, she goes, oh, now I get why he's got this axe to bear. And, and you know, you had that point of reference. And then we went back and watched, you know, The Wrath of Khan, you know. So that's kind of a little TV and movie, but yeah, that's it for TV. All right, you'll be you'll you'll love this one because you already know part of it. Yeah. Since I was away for a con, mm-hmm. what Matt loves when we share a room at a con is when we have some quiet downtime, <laughs> and you can turn on the storage wars yeah. and just zone out. Yeah. He loves that. Yeah. So I sent him a picture of me sitting on the, the bed watching, watching storage, some storage wars. I opened it up and I saw it was a, a, a picture from a TV screen. I didn't. Have to, I knew it was storage wars, and that's funny. Which I don't have any particular hatred for storage wars, but it's a lot of that stuff that's on what used to be what History Channel or the <clears throat> laughably now Learning Channel is this just repetitive crap with these goofball morons. But the idea is it's dirt cheap to make. Yep. And people are dumb enough to watch this shit. They're going to keep making it. You know, there's, they don't have to pay for writers. It writes itself, sorta. Ugh. Anyway, well, you'll enjoy this now. Apparently, the wars concept has gone even further because they used to have like storage wars and parking wars and what the hell shipping was wars. What was parking wars? I think that was where they were giving out parking tickets and stuff like that, where they would go on patrol with like uh, meter, meter maids. maids. I wish I could see the look on my face of just see that's where you need a video boggling incredulous. You'll love this one even more. Now they have neighborhood wars and road wars, and I don't have A and E anymore. It's not part of my streaming stuff, so mm-hmm. I, I never see that. Only when I get stuck yeah. in a hotel room, yeah. and put it on and zone out and zone out. But now there's neighborhood wars or whatever, where mm-hmm. it's just like people acting badly in the neighborhood and like the this is some of their surveillance footage. Wow. From their cameras, or this is when the cops showed up, and because everyone's got a ring now, so I wonder about the quality of it. They're basically re- showing ring video stuff or, that you'd see on YouTube, wow, and putting it together and making a show. But I was yet, like, if, again, if people will queue up to watch this shit, they'll put it out yeah. there. But if Storage Wars was making you doubt for the future of humanity, mm-hmm. definitely don't watch those shows because oh then you'll know God. it's all over with. Wow. God, and I hate. To, I mean, I remember years ago watching the Learning Channel, and it was awesome. And the History Channel used to love those channels because I learned some history and I learned things on the Learning Channel. It's 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 yeah, a shame. Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, that's like there used to be music on MTV. But yeah. So go ahead and take that Geritol shot for and, that, kids. There you go for that. Reminisce. That's right. All right. How about some movies? All right. Here we go. So. Wrath of Khan. We watched Wrath of Khan. Yep, and that's a classic. Um, we watched Dragon Slayer from 1981. Interesting enough, that was rated PG, even though it had brief frontal nudity, male, and some side boob. Kind of um, like this show. Yeah. This is was a big deal as Disney was involved. That was the first time there'd probably ever been nudity in a Disney movie. Disney Paramount did it together. Um, the Dragon was one-fourth of the film's budget. 
and it was done by ILM, which Industrial Light and Magic. That was their first time not working on a Lucasfilm. Uh, Vermithrax Pejorative is the dragon's name. The dragon's breath was military flamethrowers, was what they used to generate the gusts of flame. What would simply be CGI these days was cutting-edge special effects for 1981. It holds up, which says a lot. Seriously, we were watching it, and I thought, those are really good. Like You're not like, you can go watch a lot of shit from their ladies that you thought, man, that was cutting-edge. You look down and go, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, really holds up. And Guillermo del Toro and G.R.R. Martin have been noted to say that, that this is their favorite on-screen dragon was the dragon from Dragon Slayer because it was like 16 separate models, and one of them was 40 foot tall. To be able to, but they splice it all together to make the dragon in the movie, you know. But one of the neat things was I was reading up till before this time they had used like claymation, which is like stop motion, but this was go motion, which had actually first been introduced by ILM in one of the uh, Star Wars movies. But it's basically the thing where you know how claymation looks kind of herky jerky. Well, this how it looks smooth and realistic is is this go instead of stop motion, it's go motion they called it. But that's that's a whole other thing. Uh, would you, anything you want to say about Dragon Slayer? I miss it. I miss Dragon Slayer. Yeah, and that was, that was 1981. Like, good Lord, where does the time go? Um, and we watched Excalibur from Shh. 1981. Wow, 40 years old. Of course, so was the other one. Uh, so much talent in that film. Karen Hines, uh, a.k.a. Caesar from Rome. Uh, Gabriel Byrne, Nicole Williamson, uh, you know, was brilliant as Merlin. Dame Helen Mirren, that's you know one of her earlier movies. Liam Neeson, I think his first movie. Patrick Stewart, and even I could go on and on. Uh, Liam and Helen lived together for four years. They met on set. He was quoted as him and uh, Karen uh, Hines were buddies, and he leans over and like, damn, you know, like he was like, look at that, you know. Uh, the uh, the initial fight scene had to be shot three times and the cameraman had a nervous breakdown because of like somehow the film kept getting fouled or messed up. Mm. Uh, Dame Helen Mirren and Nicole Williamson were initially reluctant to work with each other. Uh, they were not on speaking terms at the time. I told this to Kirby on our road trip recently, but I had part of the story wrong. But anyway, they became good friends during the filming and thereafter, but they had both worked on uh, stage in Great Britain and they had had some sort of difficulty before this anyway the director Borman had his daughter play he grain and his son played the young Mordred and if you'll remember grain was the character that gets well smurgled pretty early in the whole thing with a dude wearing plate mail or whatever so it's like wild that that's his daughter and he's filming it um the entire movie was shot in Ireland Borman wanted to shoot Lord of the Rings but couldn't get the rights so he made this instead the charm of making spoken by Merlin and Morgana is an attempted at old Irish that translates as serpent's breath, charm of death and life, thy omen of making. Did you know that Max von Sydow was really cast as Merlin? Hmm. Yeah. And then the studio said to Borman, anyone can play Merlin except Nicole Williamson. <laughs> and so it's funny, but I'll tell you, He's been in other movies and he was an accomplished actor. He was an actor's actor, but apparently he was very eccentric. And for some people, he's supposed to be kind of hard to work with. Explains why maybe Helen Mirren initially was reluctant to work with him. But uh, but if you've if you've if not ever seen Excalibur, I mean Nicole Williamson devours every scene he's in playing Merlin. And a lot of people said that was his crowning thing, you know, as far as film acting, you know. But anyway, that's my movies. 
All right. You got some classics. Oh, yeah. So I'll give you a not very classic. Uh-huh. Have you seen John Carpenter's, and now you're like, oh, boy, John Carpenter, yeah, right? Yeah, John Carpenter, yeah. Ghost of Mars. Never heard of it. Keep it that way. Okay, thank you. So, speaking of the legendary British actresses, this one has Dame Judi Dench. Oh, my. Playing, like, the judge in it. Okay. Anyway, so, it's somewhat post apoc so that's mm-hmm. why I got interested in it. Like, yeah. well, maybe I'll take some MCC-type inspiration for this. Yeah. So, you have your usual band of adventurers on Mars... And they're mining Mars because they're always mining on Mars. Yeah, always. And they uncover this, the spirits, the ghosts of Mars, and they're possessing people oh, and wow. turning them into almost like road warrior-esque type of humans where they're like filing down their teeth and murdering people and decapitating the crap out of them. <laughs> it's uh, got Pam Greer. Oh, wow. It's got, is it Natasha Hinstridge, the one that was Species? The one where it was like, oh, she was so hot for five minutes of the 90s there where she was the big thing. Oh, yeah. Jason Stratham. Oh, wow. Ice Cube. Wow. These are some names. Yeah, and it's awful. It's wow. some of the worst acting you will ever see, some of the worst special effects you will ever see. Wow. I'm going to talk. Oh, we've got a Twitch show coming up, uh-huh. and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more on there. Okay. That's how bad it was <laughs> that I still have depths to plumb with it wow so okay. yeah it was it was a bad time and it's john carpenter's last movie was he die no but he just gave up after that was that. it yeah that was the big bomb where it was like but i'm so hard he's like i'm done i'm out but go, go uh, out on a good note picture snake pliskin in your mind uh-huh. Call me snake. and his little whatever almost tight body armor type shirt that he has on that black shirt uh-huh yeah, Ice Cube's wearing it running around in this movie. Nice, nice. And you're like, was Snake supposed to be in this movie? And yes, it was supposed to be Escape from Mars. Ah, originally. Until Escape from L.A. did so bad. Uh-huh. Then they're like, okay, that branding isn't going anywhere, but we'll put him in the shirt so that you get it wink, wink, what uh-huh. this is supposed to be. Uh-huh. But he's like, Desolation Jones. Uh-huh. And it's like, Ugh. Yeah. Even from that name, you're like, Ugh. So, yeah, pretty, pretty bad. Highly do not recommend it to you. And, yes, we'll get to uh, laugh at it some more. (laughs) All right, how about some video games? Now, when is this Twitch show coming out you're talking about? It'll be about a week away from whenever you hear this on uh, April the 4th. 4th, yeah. Tuesday, April the 4th. At 6 Texas time? Yeah, 6 p.m. Texas time. That's how we do ours. We don't worry about Eastern time. Exactly. Forget that Eastern time. So please do check it out and let them know how much you love us. Exactly. All right. Video games. I have caught myself doing a few of the dailies a little bit on 76. How dare you? That's it. And even then I can only do so much before I go, ugh, because I'm, I guess I'm just kind of bored with it, which is a shame. But, but I love Heather sit there and she'll watch. She's just so fascinated. I'll be blowing stuff with my AK 47. I got back on the shotgun preacher. I was playing with y'all and I was looking at the church. I'd forgot the name I put on front of it, which is St. Jehoshaphat's fully anointed full gospel, you know, five or six more words or whatever church. So if you ever find this little church out in the wastelands, 
of 76, that's the shotgun pe- preacher there, you know. If you're on PS. Exactly, if you're on PS. But I love he's still wearing his preacher's outfit, and he's got that hat like the guy wore in, uh, what's that, Poltergeist too. So he's got the whole... And he's got his shotgun. But I tell you, the shotgun don't do near as well as the AK. I hate it because Heather's watching. She's like, you don't get your ass beat like this. Normally, I said, that's the AK guy, the shotgun preacher. Yeah, for some reason, the shotgun just, you'd. I'd rather, I don't know. I don't want to get shot by either one, but uh, I don't get it why that shotgun didn't do more than it than it does in the game. You got to be close up on them. Yeah, that, well, I, that's how I like to fight. So it's and like, you got to have all the little uh, bennies for it. But I love one time, it's me, you, and Jen were doing something. And I, Jen, I guess, liked shotguns. So I'd given her a pretty good shotgun I had found. And I remember it was some, you'd ran off to check on something. All of a sudden, bare around the corner was a greater elder what's the badass thing in the game, Deathclaw or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we were like, ah, oh, shit, Eddie, get back over here. But about that time, me and your wife both started shooting the thing in the knees and we kneecapped it. And the thing's crawling across the time you round the corner. It's crawling towards us slowly, pulling itself, which I love that the game's got that dynamic. But we're like, ah, oh, we done kneecapped it. We got this. And we just started shooting it in the face at point blank range. We're like, uh-uh. But yeah, we blew its kneecaps off with the shotgun. Anyway. Good times. Good times. Good memories. So... I've been playing the old Pokemon Scarlet a little bit. Ah. I beat it. Whoop-de-woo. Mm-hmm. I'm coming back and doing some of the in-game stuff. The in-game's actually been a little bit more fun. So, But, I mean, there's really nothing to it. It's just a bunch of a series of fights at that point. I wanted to ask you. You are the video game guy, and you've played all those Castlevanias umpteenth times. Is there a schmoo in the Castlevania games? What did you call me? You heard me. Anyway. Schmoo. You know what schmoo is, right? I know it's going over my head. Wow. Okay. So, wow. Okay. We're going to go off on that. So, in uh, like Ozark lore, and there was a guy named Al Cap or something used to do, Little Abner. Again, if you get these references, go take your shot of Geritol. But I'm feeling younger by the minute. Exactly. But there was a very highly popular cartoon uh, strip a long time ago called, it called Little Abner. And Little Abner lived in Dogpatch, USA. You know, anyway, well, he had like one of his little, some sort of benevolent animal companion kind of thing was this thing called a shmoo. And a shmoo was this benevolent creature that could, you could eat it and it was a little companion and it could turn into different weird shit. It was a whole thing. It was really crazy. But anyway, the shmoo was like this white amorphous blob with legs and it had little whiskers. Was there anything in any of those games you ever fought in Castlevania that was some amorphous white creature sort of thing? Look, I mean, you're giving me no, but not off the top of my head. But there's a bunch of crap yeah. in there. Like there's in Castlevania Four, I think there's a part where you're fighting horse heads. Wow. Okay, kind of like a little Godfather reference, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to say it's because and they were going down the rabbit hole here. But the other day, yes. I drove around the back side of some of that abandoned brick building shit, not too far from my house down way from downtown Longview and somebody had painted like one one ninety seven schmoo and it was a pic they spray painted like what do you call the the shit like this is my tag my tags this guy's tag was schmoo so first of all I was like who the hell would know what a schmoo was I think in 97 let alone here we are god how many years later 97 has been a while but it's faded but you can still make it out but I remember thinking wow schmoo so I started googling schmoo and in all the Shmoopy? shit that it, that it referenced it said that there was a schmoo that in maybe it was the Japanese version I guess what I said the Americanized version of one of the Castlevania games 
where you fight a shmoo at one point and it'll drop one of the best weapons in the whole game or something like that. But not every time, which I didn't even know it worked that way. I thought if something dropped something. You'd have to show me a picture so I would know exactly yeah. what it, but. Anyway, we went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. There. Yeah. Additionally, going down the old man rabbit hole. Yeah. Herculoids. Yeah, Didn't which, they have one on there? Well, but that's that just was it. just a blob, no, no, right? The Herculoids were meant to be Shmoo esque, and that. And, but those are those are the, the, the well, the Herculoids were all those creatures, but they were those Gloop and Gleep. Mm-hmm. Gloop and Gleep were kind of Shmoo esque. So they basically, yeah, if you get the reference and you know how what Gloop and Gleep look like, they're kind of like Shmoos. But the thing is, like in the actual in the dog patch, little Abner cartoon strip or whatever like you could you could eat the the schmoo it was edible or something and it would you know give its life for you turn into a delicious roast duck or something and you know whatever you know that's more disturbing to me than cooking the dwarf exactly I mean, yeah you definitely y'all check this out you know or don't but anyway haha all right we'll edit that out yeah please do yeah <sighs> That's completely lost our place. How video about an games. RPG update, unless you had more video games? Um, you know, I'm anxious to play some more Castles and Crusades. I had a lot of fun with that the other day when I was with uh, Doug and Nicole, Kirby, you know, Heather, and, and um, some of the gang. We got together, and we had some fun playing Castles and Crusades. I'm looking forward to playing some more. I wouldn't mind getting a campaign of that going, you know. Um and we did Savage Worlds the other day on game night. We had a good time with that, you know. Any it, interesting stories? No. It not particularly, no. Not off the top of my head. Are right. not, not ones that I can share that kind of thing, you know. All right. Well, I can I can tell the audience this because I already told you this. Yeah. Uh, up at the con, I ran a game of Horde Crawl Classics, which is going to be our uh, monster. You play as monsters game, so it's mm-hmm. more on the dark side of things where it mm-hmm. can be. So can be when you get into it, it's kind of like, okay, let's, you know, kind of establish what our limits are here. How, mm-hmm. how dark do we want this to go for any game that needs a session zero? You absolutely have to have a session zero for this. Or maybe we'll get some sort of disclaimer started. I hope not, but I could see that in this day and age. So to uh, reiterate that. So I'm playing the uh, village of Hamlet. I'm ba- using that as a base. So Sandbox style. Yeah. So it's like, here's the little town. You guys come in and start causing some havoc. Keep it on the down low, and you'd rather create suspicion amongst them instead of like, oh, there's monsters attacking our town. Try to, you know, keep it on the down low. You want them at each other's throats, not having a unified enemy to stand exactly. against. Yeah. So the uh, first place that they go in and uh, start messing with them, messing with the villagers, they decide they're going to kidnap this one farmer's wife. And so as they are taking her back to the uh, little dungeon outpost that they live in, the one orc player is like, take off her dress. And I'm like, uh-oh. And we're, it gets kind of like, what? And he's like, yeah, we'll take off her dress and we'll leave it at somebody else's house. And then they'll suspect that they had something to do with the kidnapping. And that's where I'm like, oh boy, that could have been bad. Uh Then they come back into the village and they bust into another house and they're going to kidnap a little kid. Mm -hmm. So there you go. And as they're taking the little kid off, I was like, all right, where's this going? And the same orc player is like, let's hang the kid in the Druid's Grove. 
And the players kind of look and they're like, huh? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we'll hang him up by his feet. And it's like, oh. So he just kept coming up with So each the time when you think stuff. it's going to be yeah. so dark and then it's like, wah, wah. Yeah, it's know. like, feed him to the tickle monster. <laughs> Get a feather. Yeah. So that was one of the interesting stories. But yeah. the most interesting story is how we almost had a fist fight at that table. Modern gaming is awesome. So cliffhanger, check out the Twitch show when you want to hear that story. If you want to hear about who got their ass kicked at FallsCon. Yep. Okay. Or didn't. So that's our RPG at the table update, I think. Mm-hmm. Now we get into our topic. Oh, my. We'll have to cut this one off because we're getting close. Really? We're getting close. We don't want to pull a, this old dungeon. <laughs> uh, we'll never hit the three-hour mark. But okay, so I'll let you guys see behind the curtain a little bit here. Last night, Matt's like, do you want to go to lunch today and do a podcast? I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. What's the topic? A couple of hours go by. Topic dragons. Okay. Does that mean the topic is dragons? Or they're kind of like business speak or something like, these are the topic dragons that take up your time away from the customers. <laughs> So I'm like, would you care to elaborate on that? No. The answer is no. That's right. So we have not talked about the topic at all. And I have a feeling we're going to go in two different directions here. Which we commonly do in these sort of instances. So let's see. Would you like to kick this off or? Whichever you prefer. All right. Start it up. I would like to see where you went with this. Dragons can be seen in the mythologies, legends, and folk tales of various cultures. In some cultures, it's a good creature. In the Middle East, it's been associated with serpents and evil. Dragons are part of of heraldry, and their image can be seen on Viking shields and carved into the prow of Viking ships. In Christianity, it became associated with sin and paganism. There it can be seen depicted under the heel of saints and martyrs and was a creature of the underworld. Chinese dragons appear more serpent-like, while the biblical dragon of Revelation, the old serpent, was many-headed like the Greek hydra. The Chinese dragon Lung represents Yang, the principle of heaven, activity, and maleness in the yin-yang of Chinese cosmology. Asian dragons are wingless, but are associated with the air. And then talking about D&D, Tiamat, the queen of D&D's evil dragons, originally comes from Mesopotamian mythologies. She was both a creator goddess and the monstrous embodiment of primordial chaos. She was depicted as a sea serpent and a dragon. And then there is an Arabic deity known as Bahamut, the name Rob Kuntz and Gygax gave to the greatest of the good metallic dragons. He is the platinum dragon, and he did not appear until first edition D&D. And so that's just some of the mythology and folklore and whatever cultural stuff about dragons. But then they came into D&D. Mm-hmm. And there's talking, you know, going into that side of it, because this generally is segues into at the end of our chats about role playing. So, yeah, it's called Dungeons and Dragons. So the know. next episode is going to be Dungeons is what you're talking about. Uh, no, but it's talking about how like it's not Dungeons and Butt Weasels. It's Dungeons and Dragons. So but with that in mind, like should a dragon be a rare thing? Is it something you should not see very often or should they be uh, ubiquitous? Like, oh, dragons everywhere, you know, and that's where. 
In fourth edition, there were a few things I didn't like, and some of those things carried over to fifth edition. One of the things I wasn't really crazy about the Dragonborn, and when somebody's like, "You're just no funny, daddy," well, I am, but mm-hmm. the fact is. To me, dragons should be rare and wondrous and be something maybe that even in the D&D world, like, are dragons real? Are they, you know, just some myth or something like that? And so the thing is, like, when you fight a dragon, that's like an in-game thing. They are the big bad. Because when you run a dragon, I've seen a guy who decided to throw dragons at us, and then he realized what he had done, and he started kind of soft-pedaling or, you know, kind of going easy on us. And I'm like, don't, don't do this. Don't dishonor the dragon in that way. Dragons didn't live three and four and five hundred years being dumbass. So that thing is cunning. It's clever. Play it to the fullest of its abilities. And then when we beat it, we could really pat ourselves on the back, and we did because we got insanely lucky. But my point being that, you know, that segue is what I'm saying. I mean, the dragon is in the name, but mm-hmm. it should be the penultimate threat. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, play them cunning, play them smart. They've got bites and claws and wing attacks and that awful breath attack. Um, you know, and that's where back to the point of fourth edition with the dra- the dragonborn, they were like dragon people, and I'm like, oh wait, so there's just there's a dragon lives next door. I'm going down to the market. Oh, there's Fred the dragon. You know, it just sort of to me took away part of the mystique of the dragon that it's like, oh yeah, there's a race of dragon. And I mean, I get it. Some people are like, oh cool, I want to play a dragon person, and that's cool. I get that. But I think it should be something like it shouldn't be. Well, they're an actual race. It'd be like there was some weird sorcerer's magic and you're this rare one dragon. Again, as a player, wouldn't you rather be like, yeah, I'm unique and interesting. Even more so, I'm a dragon person, you know. Or just actually, didn't you play a dragon one time in some D&D campaign through the years? Or am I crazy? Is that somebody else? Could be both. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah. Anyway. To you, sir. So, yeah. You're in Dungeons and Dragons. You're always in a dungeon, it seems like. Oh, yeah. But you're never fighting a dragon. Yeah. So, in a way, since it's dungeons and dragons, I can pretty much count on my fingers and toes how many times we've actually fought dragons. Yeah. Which is not very much. Yeah. So, in a way, I get it. Like, save it for an end boss. Mm-hmm. But how far do you get, you know, you got to think about it. Like, the whole D&D experience is first to sixth level mm-hmm. at best yeah so when are you gonna fight when are you ever going to fight a dragon mm-hmm. if you completely save it and that was one of the interesting things in fourth edition one of the very first adventures that was in the back of the dmg there was a white dragon mm-hmm. it was with a, a ton it, of kobolds yeah, it, it was a young white dragon but the cool thing was they were like, hey, let's lean into that. This is called Dungeons and Dragons. And I love how you could you had a chance to fight a dragon in the very first adventure. But on the flip side, I don't know if I like that. Exactly. Like the very first thing you did was kill a dragon. Well, okay, where do we go from here? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So go kill a dungeon? Yeah. So so what's your opinion on that, folks? Yeah. But I keep going, but I'm just saying like that so where where would you lean? Like dragons should be ubiquitous and everywhere and all the time and constantly fighting dragons or they're the major storyline, or should it be like that's an in game boss and they're sort of ephemeral or are they even real, you know, and then you fight one and they are real and oh, you know, I don't know. So, because that that's where I've leaned through the years playing D and D is as a game master, I probably used I could count on one hand how many times I've used dragons. Yeah. Well, I'll say I don't know, on the flippity-flop of that, in Barbarians of the Ruined Earth, in the post-APOC, I had mm-hmm. dragons yeah. in the like introduction adventure. Huh. And you're not going to fight them. Yeah. 
but I think it's there to give you that like sense of wonder, like, oh, here's the thing that we can't screw with. Mm-hmm. Well, you remember, or were you there for that? Or, or had you part of company then? But when I ran the adventure, yeah, I think you were still there when they, we all went down to get that water purifier under the hospital or something in post-APOC Longview. And there was that dragon down there, but he was just there for flair, for character to interact with. And I remember someone's like, let's fight him for all of his cool loot. And because it's post-APOC, his loot was like, like a disco ball and a picture of Farrah Fawcett, the poster from the seventies and just funny little things. It's a chance for me to have fun, but no, I didn't even stat the thing out. If y'all had fought it, you would have died horribly. Exactly. You know? So again, you and know. in a way juvenile dragons do cheapen that to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I mean, would you be like, I'm awesome. Cause I went in and killed a six year old goblin. Yeah. Not really. So, well, I mean, eh. you ever seen the picture of the dragon? I'm sure, of course, you've seen the picture where the dragon's hanging from a tree and there's the adventuring party standing there. One of them's got their hand on it. It's almost like they're posing for the Facebook picture of like, we killed a dragon. You're like, yeah, it's all of about three foot long and looks kind of weedy. And yeah, it's like when mom finds out, you're effed. that next picture was them getting smoked. Yeah. And I think that was in the second edition player's handbook, maybe, or something like that. I don't yeah. know where to, if that's its original be- usage. Beautiful but, piece of artwork, you know, but yeah. But it does look kind of dumb because yeah. it is such a tiny yeah. dragon. It's like, like, we killed a dragon. Yeah. Did you get some baby seals on the way too? <laughs> did you, did you close? This looked like seals? it was half starved yeah. and maybe fresh out of the egg. Yeah. It's been even funnier if there are pieces of eggshell there. <laughs> laying there. Yeah. Cause it looks like this thing hatched like last week. Yeah. We yeah. smacked him as he was yeah. coming out. Like we had seen his mother fly away and thought let's rush real quick and loot the lair. We saw the baby and figured, eh, let's kill a dragon while we're here looting the lair. Just well, imagine if you were the GM for that party uh, and that was the backstory and it's like, and then they go back to town and tell everybody about the dragon they killed. Uh, and as they're partying in the bar, the town just catches flame. Yeah. It's like, you guys are done and goes back to like towns would hate adventurers. Oh yeah. That's what we've talked about so much trouble. Yeah. Because you got to figure the dragon would either, you know, Bobby would track them back or B, the other thing was, you know, the older dragons had magic and dragons can turn into humanoids. And you figure there could be someone sitting right in that bar going, oh, you're the SOBs that killed my kid. And then all of a sudden they morph into a dragon, the roof collapses and they immolate the whole town. Yeah, like you say. Or it's just know. like, hey, my kid's dead. I'm going to burn everything in a hundred mile radius. Yeah. Just Why not? Cover my bases. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's wild going back to watching the movie dragon slayer, where the king of the realm had made a deal with the dragon, where it got fed a virgin on, on the autumnal equinox and the, the other one, you know, and basically, oh, that's terrible and awful. Yeah, well, before we had that deal, it would just go through the countryside, killing everything and burning everything down. Yeah, you know, we hate it, but two virgins as opposed to wanting destruction of the countryside, you know, every couple of years. Yeah, we'll do the whole virgin thing, you know. But it's like, won't someone slay the dragon? Yeah, good luck with that. You know, it's a dragon. And if you don't, the deal's off. And yeah. they just go back and rip everything up like they were doing. Well, that's like the, I don't want to give anything away for spoilers. I haven't seen the dragon's lair, but there's a part where they go to get this ancient wizard to kill the dragon. And basically the, the ancient wizard's apprentice goes master, you know, I mean, yeah, you're an incredibly powerful wizard, but you're a frail old dude. Like they live like leagues and leagues away. Like you're going to have to travel for days to the coastline, riding a boat and a rocking boat at sea and all the inclement weather and being on a little ship. And then it's over the mountains. I mean, these people came a long ways. Do you think you're up to the trip? You know I mean? Yeah, it's, you know, so 
Anyway. Well, then it's even, could you beat a dragon on your best day? When that's, yeah, this guy's supposed to be a powerful wizard, but this thing, and even when they bring the scales to me, he looks at it and he goes, oh my. He goes, this is an old dragon. Like he knows it's going to be a tough fight. You know, but I will say the vampire should get that appreciation too. Oh, absolutely! Not as not as much that as a dragon, but they mm-hmm. should be way up there too, like the ancient dra- ancient dragons, ancient vampires. Anyone that phones in playing Dracula. a vampire or a dragon, I get mad because it's like you know, don't use them unless you're going to play them right. Like you said, respect them because that vampire's lived hundreds of years, or that. If, if it's a proper vampire. I mean, if it was one that he's, he's the get of some vampire that made him last week, okay, I get it. You and know. I can see that more yeah. than juvenile dragons even. Yeah, that I get. But yeah, as far as if this is a dragon that's lived hundreds of years, it's cunning. And even if its brain should be probably as big as a human's, I mean, it might be incapable of speech. But the fact, I mean, that's why they give higher level older dragons got magic and old D&D. I think they still do. And now I will give them in fifth edition again those layer powers, which were really clever because they've imbued their very layer with a certain amount of magical energy and, and whatnot. But th- and I'm glad they did that because it should be a threat. That should be one of the toughest fights you ever fight. Should be a dragon. So mm-hmm. one thing fifth edition got right is those layer powers and those what are those powers that renew if, on a dice roll or recharges. Where I love like once per round it just ignores one spell because. I even tell that story through the years. There's times where like, we're going to die. We're going to get our ass kicked. And the wizard got off that one lucky spell. I got off slow on the dragon. Teehee, the game master rolled a one. The only way that dragon could fail. Legendary and reaction or whatever. Now it's like, yeah, where it's like, one, yeah, no, I'll just shrug off that spell. Nah, you're not getting a slow off on him. What? Yeah, this is a, an ancient dragon or, you know, full grown adult dragon. Nah, this ain't no piker. I love that. And, you know, as a game master, um, respect the dragon you know it's one of the penultimate threats and like you said with the vampire as well they're a big threat and i'll tell you i forgot how scary vampires were because as as i don't want to sound like that guy but it's true as the game has marched along the players have got more powerful and mm-hmm. that's one thing but i even feel like some of the monsters have become watered down mm-hmm. and now if there's not any monster that we're playing fish you're like oh it's an x i'm gonna go <gasps> but i mean old school D, if you said ghoul vampire dragon Literally, dream. yeah, you're going to hear buttholes puckering at the table. I mean, it was the fear was there, and there's something that's been lost in that fact because I'd forgot how, but I went back a while back when I was converting some um, old school DD monsters into DCC because they had some charts on the internet, they're free by the way, and you can find them pretty easy for converting old school monsters into DCC. And I started reading the old school vampire, and it's like a whole page, like some of those monsters are a quarter page. And I went, Oh, god, I'd forgotten how. Badass vampires are, I mean, scary bad, like whoop the living shit out of you bad. And then Mm -hmm. if you were like that GM who's particularly sadistic, oh, there's rules for adding in like levels of cleric or wizard to boot as if the vampire wasn't bad enough. I was like, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, those are those are the big threats, you know, liches, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are the ones. Yeah. If you're going to use. So let's have a Dracolich. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. One of those real nasty things. I remember in Living Greyhawk, we beat a Dracolich, and it was a tough, tough. At the end of that fight, there were high fives and hoots and hollers, and people went down. You know what I mean? It's like, well, we'll see if we can get you a res. I mean, it was a real fight. I mean, high-level, badass, well-played characters. Some people bought the the dirt. And that, it's when I was like, let's see if this, hopefully this won't turn into a TPK kind of situation, you know. And on that note, I didn't mean to tell you, we should probably have some cool drinks at the con. Names like the TPK and the critical hit, you know, or something. 
Anyway. The critical role. That, we'll have some rolls, freshly baked rolls. That can be the, the, the but I think me role for initiative. Watch like uh, 10 minutes of that animated show too, right? Because they seem like they fight a dragon in that pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. Ding, ding, Way ding, too ding. fast. Uh-huh. But I think the dragon kicked their ass too, though, for what it's worth. So, yeah. Which, that's the thing I laugh about is like old school D&D, there were untiered encounters. Which was a term that only came along later. There wasn't a term for it. It's just there, here's an encounter you're not meant to fight. Those were called "fuck around and find out." Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but no, you know, well, FIFO accounts. Yeah, and then eventually they were called untiered. But that was a nice, a fancy term for you're not meant to fight this. You're supposed to have the mental wherewithal to know this. And it was sad when you're in the party with the one jackass who doesn't get that and everybody dies. Because I've heard, luckily, I've avoided a lot of that jackassery, but I've heard some stories and some grudges have been held for decades about, I can't believe you talk shit to an elder of Freedy Lord. Well, I mean, they wouldn't throw something at us for not meant to fight. No, they absolutely would. You weren't meant to fight an elder of Freedy Lord. Oh, well, burr, burr, you know, whatever. And so, I, I, you know, that some of that mentality is definitely crept in and there's just some things you're meant to run away from if you can or for a lot of times me there's going to be hints there you know it's like okay you had your hints you didn't have and it's usually said where you don't have to fight the thing but you initiated it all right i'm gonna sleep like a baby tonight after i whoop the living shit out of you you had your warnings or whatever you know no it's not cool if it's like oh, i'm gonna throw a fire giant you know, king against some third level players or something like, come on, man. You know, did you give him some warning? Did you give him a chance? You know, nah, you know, well, that's not cool. But you really don't see that. And I would be the first one to advocate for the players if they were belly aching over something like that. But, well, I remember in the uh, talking about dragons, the Isle of Dread, uh huh, there was a random encounter chart, uh-huh. and one of them was like a freaking red dragon. Mm-hmm. So I rolled it up on him, and I was like, it flies overhead. And you see it go by, and that's it. And you can just leave it alone. Yep. And then somebody jumped up and wanted to screw I'm, with it. I'm going to shoot it. So he's just like, drop that napalm on the area. Uh-huh. And boom, the guy that went out to, I'll go with him. I, I've got to help him. That's the guy that got killed. The yeah. guy doing the shooting and starting the fight. Nope, survived. Of course not. The, the helper didn't make it. Yeah, the Mr. Mr. Helpful, the one sweet player is like, I'll get on that table to help them out. Yeah, that's how that goes. And that guy's a good guy. Yeah, so that's a shame. You know, the guy who really didn't deserve it, of course, bought it. But see, that's a perfect example. I'm talking about a dragon, too. It's like, just let it fly by. Let that dragon go on by. But no, we, we got to shoot it. We got to fight it, right? No. Because how does it respond? With one little flick, basically. It's like, here, ants. Yeah. You're so beneath me. I'll give you this yeah. amount of attention and goodbye. So I remember there's on the random counter chart, there's that red dragon. Well, it seems like there's on that same chart or somewhere, whatever, there's a green dragon. Mm-hmm. And I remember there's even something alludes to a green dragon somewhere or whatever. You know, well, again, yeah, it was one of the earliest adventures on the ship there or something like that. The thing's flying around. And somehow it seemed like, hey, let's try to get its attention or mess with it or whatever. And it comes out and breathes on the ship. And I think somebody died. And it's like, and there were a bunch of people like, oh, my God, they took full damage from the breath weapon. It's like, yeah, it's poison. I mean, yeah, so. At least it wasn't the the fire dragon be hilarious. Like, well, the ones you didn't burn to a crisp, you're in the middle of the ocean on a ship. Good luck with that. You know, hope you can make it to the shore. What about the lifeboat? It's on fire, too. You know, at least this was a green dragon, so it was poison. Don't worry, those friendly sharks will help you. 
And I love someone's like, I'll go below deck. Yeah, this stuff, it's, you know, it sinks. So it just goes downstairs too, you know. Ugh. Anyway, but yeah, no, I, I've, the few times I've, I haven't fought a lot of dragons in 40 years of playing D&D or whatever, but yeah, I can remember fighting a green dragon way back in the day in Gary's campaign and we, we, half the party died and the other half fled for their lives. I mean, it was, it was nasty. And it, again, it was one of those deals like, we'll run and hide in a mind. Doesn't matter. You know, it just breathes into the, the tunnel and it just goes in there. You know what I mean? It's, it, cause it's a gas. It'll just creep around corners and it wants to go to the lowest point. And, oh yeah, we died and died and died. Yeah. But, but keep yeah. in mind as a player, you don't have to be smarter than the dragon. Yeah. You just have to be smarter than the GM. Yeah. But definitely, yeah, you, hopefully someone, will, someone plays them smart. They get you figure like two claw attacks, a bite attack, wing baffet, tail slap, then their breath weapon, which is the nastiest thing. When we were playing Adventures League, what was it? One time you were playing your elven wizard, and I was playing this cane. And I remember I took the brunt of the breath weapon and failed the save, and had like two or three hit points left. And like if anybody else there had failed, they'd have been down, mm-hmm. you know. And what level we were then? But yeah, that was nasty. It was a nasty encounter. I think we were standing in need eat water, and I think that was like, and it was a blue dragon or something, so it's electricity, and we were like, this is not going to end well, you know. I want to say that was the one where I was fighting it from another room. Yeah, like you were doing something <laughs> like, some, like you were like, would lean out and throw a fireball and duck back or something or like that. arcane yeah. eye or something yeah, that you yeah, cast yeah, through. Yeah. But I'm in the back sipping tea, throwing a fireball every so often. It's like, yeah. hope it's going well for you guys. Yeah, yeah, good luck with that, yeah. I'm not even going in the same room yeah. with it. That's I had a bard I played years ago where he'd be in the other room doing that thing where you could motivate your party. He'd be like, "Y'all can y'all hear me from the next room? Yeah, go fight the day. I'm giving you plus one to hit and damage or whatever from the next room. I'm not even coming in the room. Nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. And speaking of like uh, red dragons or whatever, where it's like, or I guess just dragons in general, where you're like, there's going to be a dragon here that we've we've got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Let's all cluster up. Yeah. And it's like, no, I move over here. Mm-hmm. We all move over there next to him. Yeah. How many times spread is it? out? Spread out, you idiots! Fireball yeah. formation. Yeah, well, that's that's the joke. It's like, hey, we're we sure are gathered up tight in a nice little fireball formation. Yeah, but it's funny. Was the the last fifth edition game I probably ran was the one I ran at Longcon. It was when that couple, the mom and son, came from. Was it Iowa? Where are they? Were they from? Mm, I think so. Yeah, and it was a great big old black dragon. But they had it in this room that was like barely big enough for the black dragon i was like so really that worked against the dragon it would have been a much tougher fight and i tried to play the dragon smart but he didn't have enough room to really do what he needed to do and and he did hit him with that initial breath up attack and once he did they spread their asses out and they tried to get around him you know so i was like smart yeah but anyway but in even in that adventure you know like you know you're it's like the dragon's away you're going into his lair well in the back of your mind if you're a savvy player you're going that dragon's going to show back up while we're in the lair you know is that the it one is where it's on a timer uh-huh okay yeah so which is a, a pretty good adventure like I said, the, some of those adventures league adventures were pretty good but that's one where you had to keep up with the time frame like if the players take a lot of long rests He's going to be in his lair when you get there, you know. And on the other hand, if if you screw up just screw around just enough, he shows up while you're in there. But then it's like if you just do everything perfect and you really 
bide your time and don't delay and take the right risk, like two different routes, one slower or something, the faster route, you can get in and get the treasure and be going away. But again, you're laden with the treasure and he gets to his lair since it's been looted and he catches you out in the wilds. Technically, you're better off in his lair as it turns out than out in the open. Because like you said, here, let me fly down and melt you without even landing, you know. But anyway, but he does have his lair powers and all that stuff. So anyway. Yeah. So your topic is put some respect on that dragon's name. Yeah, that would be. I mean, first I just let in with just some general lore about dragons, and it's interesting that Gygax and our old buddy uh, uh, Rob Kuntz, you know, chose the names for them from Arabic and Mesopotamian mythology. You know, for their good and bad deities. Now, who were their counterparts in Dragonlance? I'm talking about Behemoth and. Tiamat and uh, I guess that's Behemoth is uh, Paladine, right? Mm-hmm. And Tiamat is Tikis, yeah, Takisis or whatever. Yeah. Say it, just like those chips. Yeah, Takisis, Takis. But yeah, but yeah, but then people will debate. Well, that's not really meant to be uh, Tiamat and Bahamut. And I'm like, well, who are they supposed to be? But I mean, you'd got to figure if you're going to have the Dragon Lance, you'd hope you'd have the penultimate. Mm-hmm. Evil and good dragons, but they came up with different personifications or whatever. Yeah, kind of like aspects of them. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but yeah, like I guess that's kind of my thing. The takeaway is, you know, give the dragons their due. You know, they're kind of supposed to be the penultimate bad guy. You can even talk about uh, what's the big god awful thing that's as big as a city um, in D and D, the Tarask. Yeah, Tarask or something, and some people quiver, but no. I would think an elder dragon played properly isn't a bigger threat even than the... Because um, a Tarrasque isn't intelligent, is it? No, it's just a big uh, eustachian tube. It's eats Kaiju. traps. Yeah. But in, honestly, and it's landborn or whatever. A dragon can fly. It can cast spells. I mean, so, like I said, properly played, that elder dragon is the bigger threat. Again, this is called... It's not Dungeons and Tarrasques or whatever, so... Give them their due, play them right, and don't you don't uh, play them sparingly, you know, whatever I would think. But anyway, that was kind of my thought. So you can make it dungeons and demigods. There you go, tunnels and trolls, exactly. All right, yeah. So here's my topic, okay, for dragons. Yes, what's your favorite style of dragon? Do you prefer the eastern dragons or the western style looking dragons with the wings? The wingling dragons. Okay. Uh, did you know the Chinese dragons are the ones that have beards? That's how, like the Chinese and the Japanese. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest differences. And, and you then know, the number of claws. The Japanese got that from the Chinese, by the way. Yeah, you knew that. And I, there, there, what, there's a numbering of claws or something? Mm-hmm. It's like a, I think the Japanese dragons will always have three claws. Interesting. And then a Chinese will have like four or five, something like that. Hmm. Didn't know that. Okay, how about the best song mentioning dragons? Puff, the magic dragon. Okay, take that Geritol shot. (laughs) But mine is probably as old with the Battle of Evermore, Uh with the flames from the Dragon of Darkness, which is always a cool line. Absolutely, a lot of great lines. All right, I guess I, I will be able to guess your opinion on this one. The best dragon world setting. So you've got Council of Worms, Mm-hmm. Dragonlance, mm-hmm. Dark Sun, mm-hmm. and if there's anything else that you want to throw in there that's kind of 
got a heavy dragon presence. Well, they, yeah, they're the dragon kings, aren't they, in Dark Suns? Mm-hmm. That's a world Basically, they're setting. turning into dragons. Yeah. I always wanted to play in. I was always fascinated with it. I bought the box set. But it's like my luck I, through the years. Back then, I had, you know, like I said, people, again, take for granted. Oh, you can fall over backwards and find someone who wants to play D&D. Back in the day, I remember buying that box set for Dark Suns. Like, anybody want to play? No, nah, I want to play. It sounds weird. I just play some regular D&D. It's like. So I never get anybody to play it. I love, I love the idea and the concepts. I like that you have to use magic sparingly because with every spell you're destroying the land. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love the uh, getting to play a treekin in that. Yep. So uh, I got a soft spot in my heart for them. Yep. I like the yeah that the insectoids or whatever mm-hmm. they're cool. Um, I like that a lot of times early on you're fighting with bone weapons. So if you get a, a steel weapon, like, ooh, I'm sexy. Look at me. I got a steel weapon. You know, people are fighting. And I love that halflings are feral in that and i think yeah the 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 elves instead of having their forest remember the the planet's been deforested and jacked up like the elves have got shaved heads and tattoos and that's before that was a popular concept and uh they were swarthy because they had been tanned by the sun out in the desert or something so it was really interesting they had the moles which are what like half giants Mm -hmm. a lot of that kind of crazy stuff is not that rare in some game settings but a lot of that stuff was uh, ahead of its time, mm-hmm. and I think it was a really neat. I'd love to play in that. You world got to start at third level because it was such a uh, dangerous world. Absolutely, yeah. No, it was neat. No, I, I would. I'd probably, so you haven't got to play any Dark Suns, is what you're saying? Never in my life. Did you I, ever play Council of Worms? Do you even remember that set? I do remember Council of Worms, and we've even referenced it. I think a few times on the cast when we went deep into some of that when they were making way too many game settings and overdoing it, that was in that era mm-hmm. when you had um, Birthright and Dark Suns and Council of Worms and all that crap. Spelljammer. Spelljammer, yeah. It's like kind of overdid it. But no, I never really knew what it was about. Dragon politics. Oh, wow. Okay. But I think that's kind of where Dragonborns were, but you were actually... More dragon, I, I don't know. How does Dragonborn even fit into it, right? Yeah, I mean, I know that in... They introduced them in 4th edition, and when they did, they talked about... Originally, they were like thralls of dragons or something, but they somehow broke free and gained their independence and blah, 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 or something, you know. So, uh, have you played any Dragonlance? Have you actually played any Dragonlance? Back in the day, when it was hot shit, when the books were out, people were reading them and loving them, they had modules, right? And I played a few of those and ran huh. a few of those. Absolutely. Okay, so I have played more Dark Sun, which I have not played a lot, than mm-hmm. I have of Dragon Lance. Interesting. Of those, I think I've played Dragon Lance the least. Hmm. Even though I read those books and I was really into it, it mm-hmm. just didn't come up. And then I don't know how those played that well because you're kind of trying to follow the arc of what they did in a novel Mm -hmm. so it's like it's got to be a certain amount of railroady and then I think if you've read the books you want to try and do everything the same like oh this is the part where he casts fireball and saves the day I'll Mm. cast fireball or he charms the little what'd you call those little gully dwarves gully dwarves or something you know and yeah that kind of stuff so yeah so of those three which one would be your favorite, or which one would you want to play the most? Dark Sun. I'd really love to. I'd love to kick the tires on Dark Suns. Yeah, I'd like to play it too, but I, I'd like to do some stuff in the Dragonlance world. And I was going to say sure. we've uh, mentioned Bill Barsh a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was doing a Dragon World esque setting way back 
oh so many years ago because we played in it. Remember oh, that's when right. Yeah, yeah. That was I don't know. We had maybe ten players on that table or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was when we were on our phones ripping on the guys at the end of the table, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 we were. It was way too big of a table, mm-hmm. so we were pretty much down there. And it's like, what do you guys do? Uh, look around. Okay, so because. Yeah. The people at the head of the table closer to Bill were just running it. We were just yeah. extra to surplus or whatever you want to mm-hmm. say. Okay, so Dragonlance, Dark Suns. There we go. Yeah. What is your favorite or bestest dragon art? Like if you have to go pick one of those, Elmore, Easley, Caldwell, does anything spring to mind? Or the cover of, or the old classic one where he's fighting the dragon and holding the shield? Well, or I tell the, you. Dragon's Craig or so many great art because while you're talking about that the image popped into that the one evil cleric who's like the bad guy mastermind of the dragon cult in Dragonlance there's that one where he's standing there with his finger pointing at you I can see the artwork and there's a red dragon kind of curled around him behind him beautiful classic dragon and there's the guy who did the best dragons I think he did that art but at the same time in that same series it seems like and you've seen this image before there's that one old withered disc looking elf with his hand on an orb and that green dragon over his shoulder that's some of the coolest artwork so there we go I have said me and Matt are on the same wavelength a lot, a lot of, of things yeah. Dragonlance had some of the best dragon art mm-hmm. and that one's right here the dragons of dream mm-hmm. with the green dragon cyan bloodbane Mm-hmm. where he's warping the Elf King's mind with that dragon orb. So uh-huh. that was one of the first ones that came into my mind. Aren't it just so that's, iconic, so gorgeous. And that's not even like, oh, it's a huge beauty shot of the dragon. No, no. The dragon's just in there, kind of like a Grimer worm. Be, yeah, or whispering and, into the, the Elf King's ear. And, all and it that. shows you the other kind of power of a dragon. Oh, yeah. Well, I love how the orbs are supposed to control the dragon, but somehow the dragon uses it to subvert and instead control Because he's him. whispering into the Elf King's mind to make yeah. him do yeah, yeah. So the other one I had was uh, Lorana chained up in front of Tiamat. If you remember that one, she's oh, kind of doing yeah. that and that's pose, and then class. Tiamat's behind her mm, going off. Iconic. Yeah, I want that on a T-shirt. Yeah. So with Tiamat, you get to enjoy all of the dragons, and I love our Tiamat-esque long con shirt. Absolutely. But uh, wore it this weekend. Got a lot of hey man, cool shirt. You know. I have to say, I prefer it to the Lich. Yeah. Okay. Not in general, but just that particular T-shirt. But both of those pieces of art, the Dragons of Dreams uh, or uh, Dragons Triumph, Dragons of Triumph, those are both by, you got any guesses? Easily? Nope. I mean, um, the guy from Kentucky, or is that easily? You're going to have to be more specific, sir. <sighs> so there's... It's one of the big three. Yeah, right. You've got Caldwell, Easley, Parkinson, Elmore. Oh, that's the big four. Nope. Easley, Elmore, Parkinson... Caldwell. Those are the four guys. Yeah. So you gave gave me the two E's, and you are incorrect. And I didn't know it either. No, you guessed them Caldwell. all. Caldwell. Yeah. Wow. Because you think of him as the old thigh master. master. Yeah, I was going to say, did this dragon have a big juicy thigh? Which I love his art. I especially love that one of like Strahd carrying the busty girl. Uh-huh. But I mean, that's so evocative. It's yeah. that sets that setting. It locks it in. It paints the picture Absolute, right there. Yeah. But. Uh, where it's got Lorana chained mm-hmm. up a little yeah. bit. She's got the more of the leggings things going on, but mm-hmm. that's such a small picture in the grand scheme. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, well, I couldn't resist it, but yeah. but that's not too salacious a picture, I wouldn't say. Salacious. What a great word. But, but yeah, those are some of my favorites, and mm-hmm. yours too, and both by Caldwell. So yeah. give the man his props. No, he's, the other guys are artist. fantastic, but that's mm-hmm. where I was surprised myself that it was like, both of those are by him. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, favorite book dragon. I'll make it easy. Give you a minute here and say Schmog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so good. Yeah. And that's probably the first one that I really got into and was exposed to. So yeah, that's that was at the book fair when I was in middle school was The, the Hobbit, you know. And you were like, ooh, because Smog, you know, I know you're here, thief, you know. And, oh, you're almost like hunkering down in bed reading the yeah, book. Yeah, so scary. Yeah, yeah. So, good one. You got another one or you want to go with that? No, I, I can't beat that one. Okay. Uh what is your favorite chromatic dragon? Chromatic. The black dragon. Favorite chromatic for me, blue. Interesting. But I love that lightning breath, too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, metallic. Probably, probably gold. Oh, no, gold. sorry, wrong. <laughs> Silver. Silver, yep. uh, silver and gold. And silver. what kind of breath does the silver have? Do you remember that one? Oh, is that uh, cold? Yep, yeah. or paralyzing. Or paralyzing. It has the options. Yeah. Gold or standard fire, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you ask me all of the chromatic dragon's breath weapons, mm -hmm. I could tell you. Mm. If you ask me all the metallics, uh, I'd probably mess it up. Yeah, yeah. But that's because you're not studying that in the monster manual. Well, and that's because you don't, and you don't fight run the good them. dragons that often. Why, why would you fight a goodly dragon? Yeah. And how often do you even run across them usually? Yeah. yeah. That's why I love one of my most infamous yet slash kind of favorite Bandit Kingdoms adventures was the one where everyone got mind controlled but my bard. And the wizard was like, I'm going to kill you, Teehee. And I remember early in the adventure, we'd ran past an ancient brass dragon. And I went, oh. And I just ran back past the ancient brass dragon. And the, it killed the wizard for me, you know. So anyway, I was like, yay for brass dragons. All right. Gem dragons. The amethyst dragon. Amethyst? Amethyst. What kind of breath weapon is that? No clue. I just made that up. It was like the topaz. Yeah. No, but there's there's an amethyst dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it and to I you. I think it's got like dream breath or some silly crap like oh, that. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll go with obsidian. Ooh, nice. There you go. Which just has tasteful fire breath again. Ah, there we go. Nothing too terribly sexy about that. Yeah. But I and gem dragons in general, I don't know when they came into the mix. Yeah, well, I mean, the 80s, because that's when it was just like, well, that well, the wells run dry. We'll come up with some other crazy shit or whatever. More dragons. We need more dragons. Like, as if, you know, dragons don't have mystique enough, you know, whatever. Yeah. And for those of you that are still listening along, you can tell us your favorites at... Mm. Uh, exactly. No class RPG podcast at, at gmail.com gmail dot org dot mil. That's right. Please let us know what was the previous question earlier, what their opinion was on something. I can't remember now. How would you cook a dwarf? How would you cook a dwarf? Yeah. Uh, how would you use a dragon or should you uh, fight? Should you fight dragons that much? Should they be all yeah. over the place or should they be these rare, mysterious figures? Mm hmm. Okay, how about a lesser-known type of dragon to get away from the chromatics and metallics and gems? Is there anything else? Well, we talked about, like, a Dracolich, and that's kind of interesting, you know, when you get into the undead aspect. And I think there's even been, like, mechanical dragons, but that's really more of a clockwork, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing or something. But there's been every kind of... How about a shadow uh, dragon? Oh, that's right, yeah. Those made of dark evil. Uh, mm -hmm. They're more castorish. 
Yeah. Uh, they have life and stat draining breath. Oh, wow. How would you like that one? Ouch. And those would be a perfect fit in Ravenloft mm-hmm. for people like me. Yes, indeed. As a matter of fact, uh, you wouldn't really think there are a lot of dragons in Ravenloft. Right. But in the Night of the Black Rose, Strahd has an ancient red dragon working for him. So you could put some respect on his name, too. Yeah, think about that. If this man can make a, a dragon do his bidding, that guy's a pimp. You know. Okay, favorite movie dragon. Are we going to get... Jeez, that's a tough one. Dragon Slayer? Yeah, we, we just talked about, yeah, the old Vermithrax, you know, pejorative or whatever. I'd have to watch it again, but I might go with just the general amount that you get in Reign of Fire. Well, you know, it's funny was they took some of the same models and effects because it wasn't that many years later necessarily, but yeah, they they took some of the things they had done and learned in that movie and did that in Reign of Fire. Because again, uh, you look nowadays, oh, we're gonna drag in a movie. They just do CGI, snip snap, you're done. Back then, you had to use all this mechanics and go motion and all this kind of stuff to emulate it and try to make it look real. I think that's there's something that's been lost. There was a real art there, you know. But yeah, Reign of Fire, but that, that's where you get post-apocalyptic dragons. Yeah. And they're all over the place. With, and Matthew McConaughey was great in that movie. And that was one of his first roles. Or earlier ones. Hmm. Earlier. Doubt. Earlier. Expressed doubt. Yeah. Earlier than now. Well, no. <laughs> it's but, not something he did today. Yeah. Was he eating some Pizza King pizza when he made it? He was, actually. Yeah. With, the, with some roasted dwarf on it. Okay. Any other uh, pop culture dragons that are worth mentioning here? You already got Puff, Puff the Magic Dragon. That's right. Lives you by the it. sea. Yeah, does he? Yeah. Peach Dragon. That's right. Gosh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No. Can't think of any. All right. Well, I can tell by the clock on the wall that we did not pull this old dungeon. <laughs> but we're all out of hit points. I just, I'd be a, 